I want you to open your Bible to Psalm 121. I want to talk about the spirit of preservation. I'm going to get into it a lot deeper next week because I want to get into, uh, I, don't, I want to give you time to meet me uh, for a book signing. And, and, uh, but I want to talk about the spirit of preservation. And uh, this is very important. The spirit of preservation is an anointing that God has released upon the body of Christ for such a time as this. Next week, we're going to get into it in a little bit more detail. I'm going to share with you uh, what the Lord is saying about 2021, specifically out of the Word. But I want you to see one of the, the chapters that God gave me for 2021 is Psalm 121. And I've never been one of these people, you know, that whenever a new year comes out, I think it was... Uh, uh, 2006, we're going to get a fix. 2007, it's going to be like heaven. 2008, it'll be great. 2009, I think we whine. Uh, 2010, win, you know, or something like that. I've never been one of those that God has ever dealt with me. Maybe because I can't rhyme. I don't know. But that's just not always dealt with me. So I say that because I'm not just picking out scriptures because, oh, it fits. You know, I, I really seek the Lord on what you know, he is saying for such a time as this. In fact, if you go back a year ago, one of the things that the Lord talked about for this season that we're in, anybody ready for a new year? Yes. Has, has 20, anyone ready for a new year? I mean, it's already. Brenda was putting up uh, the harvest stuff, you know, pumpkins and all this yesterday. I said, don't even put it up, Brenda. This year's going by so fast. Let's just put Christmas lights up, call it good. It's going to be Christmas before we know. <laughs> and in fact, I already have them up in the stores. But the point is, I want out of this year. Anybody want out of this year? But God prophesied a year ago, and he said, how many remember the prophecy? It was September 5th. God said there would be plagues, there would be pestilence. He talked about how there would be a prophetic application, like in the days of Egypt and with Israel, how there were plagues. But God said it would start off, this decade and this new year would start off harsh. But that is not what's going to define the new decade that we have entered into. It's going to get better. We're going to come into a season of rest, even though it would start off harsh. I say that because I was down at the Southwest Believers Conference. Uh, we were invited to go down, and, and uh, they asked us if we would appear on a particular show. And I was there. We were asking questions about just different things, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came, and He began to prophesy about 2021. And what came out of my mouth kind of shocked me. How many of you have ever prophesied something, and it comes out of your mouth, and, 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 and you hear, you, you, you say it, but your head kind of goes, what? Have you ever had that happen to you or anything? All right. So the word of the Lord came, and one of the things that he said is because of the harshness, excuse me, of how this year has come and how harsh that this decade has started, that God said 2021 would not just be 2021 like in a number, number one. It would literally be 2021, W-O-N, 2021. There's going to come a victory. There's going to come a celebration. Uh, there's going to come incredible uh, blessings from the hand of God because of the harshness of what we've been under. God's going to prove himself to us that way. And we are going to stand in awe of the Lord. The earth is going to stand in awe of the Lord. And don't think for a moment that the enemy has has the upper hand. If you're looking at everything based on the current moment of, of rage, hostility, division, strife, rioting, if you think that that is the future, then you are looking at the wrong thing. God has never, ever been outmatched. No one's smarter than He is, and He has chosen at this time, yes, to pick a fight. And it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're screaming in hell. The Son of God is too quiet. Well, 
It's because he waits for the right moment to act and to pick a fight. How many remember in 1 Kings 18, they, God picked a fight. The prophets of Baal had cut themselves. In other words, they brought self-inflicted wounds, which is what's happening with a lot of folk right now. They think that their agenda and how they're handling themselves, even those in political offices, are somehow going to get them re-voted uh, in. No, you, you cut yourself. You self-inflicted a wound. That's going to be your downfall. And so God has picked a fight like he did in the days of 1 Kings 18 where God stood up through his prophet and began to declare and, and, and everything began to be settled. The score was settled and there was a tremendous shift that took place um, in the earth. And there was coming the same thing. I want you to look at Psalm 121 because this is one of the chapters that God is speaking about 2021 WON. Notice what it says. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, for whence cometh my help. Now stop right there. Some theologians say that, that he was looking to the hills for help, and, 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 and the hills was the place that his help had come from. That's one theory. But then there's other theologians that say that he was looking up at the hills not as a place of help or his help would come from, but rather there was conflict, there was a threat, there was terror. And so he was questioning, saying, I'm looking to the hills, but where does my help come from? Notice the answer. Whichever side you want to be on theologically, notice he gets the revelation that no matter what, his help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. And I'm telling you right now, because of the harshness of this season that we've been in, God is extending his hand of help to his people. And you're going to see it as you enter into 2021 like you've not seen before. And he says, I will not suffer thy foot to be moved. Come on. In other words, some of us, we feel like things have been rocky and back and forth, but there is coming a stability not only to your life, but there is coming, I prophesy it, I speak it, I declare it. There is a stability that the foundation or the feet of this nation will not be moved or altered or changed because of the spirit of preservation that comes from Almighty God. The foundations of this land will not be moved even though they tried. Because you're messing with God. Look at this. I like this. He that keeps, now underline that word keeps because that's a word protect or preservation, will not slumber. So in other words, God doesn't have slumber parties. And it says in verse 4, Behold, he that keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I like this verse 5. The Lord is thy keeper. And next week we're going to break these down. The Lord is thy shade upon the right hand. What does that mean? Verse 6, the sun shall not smite thee by day, or watch this, the moon by night. What does that mean? Verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you, watch this, from all evil. Didn't say some evil. It said God is going to preserve you from all evil. Someone shout all evil. Now watch this. He'll preserve your soul. Why would God want to preserve your soul? Well, it's the same reason why Jesus said in the book of Luke, he said, in your patience, possess your soul. And what that means is put a rein on your soul. Because in the time that we're living in, if you're not careful, especially if you feed on the news, sometimes you got to say to your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, whoa, like a horse. Put the reins on it. No, we're not going there. We're not listening to that. We're not looking at that. I don't even believe that. That's not what God is saying. 
And so you've got you to have your soul preserved. In other words, in cataclysmic times, in times of chaos, come on, in times of confusion, everyone's prophesying something. And so you're going, who in the world do we believe? What do we believe? There is a preservation by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that will help navigate and chart your course that you will not miss it if you stay close to God. There's a preserving of your soul. People ask me, are you afraid? No, I'm not afraid. Why? Because I don't watch the news. I watch God. I'm watching his hand. I've been with God. I know what he said. And so there's a preserving of my soul. I'm not a bit agitated. I'm not a bit afraid. So that's the same promise for you. Now, I want you to know, what does the word preservation mean? Because look at what it says in verse 8. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in. So what does it mean, this preservation? In this particular chapter, Psalm 121, which is the chapter, I believe, God is speaking prophetically for this new year, it literally means to put a hedge about like with thorns, okay? How many of you have ever had to put thorns around something to guard or to keep someone out or something out? It means to guard, to be uh, protected, to attend to. So literally, if God is your protector, or he preserves your coming in and going out, it literally is the same context that God puts thorns around you that nobody is going to touch you. Amen. Amen. I was telling the first service, I remember years ago, my grandfather, uh, you know, was tired of the school kids. There was a school just right up the hill from his house, and he had kind of a hill on the side of his driveway where they would run uh, to take a shortcut through his yard. And, and he got so tired of them cutting down through the yard and over this hill that he decided to put a bunch of cactuses with long needles um, on, the, on the side of the hill. And so one, one time my cousin and I, we were, uh, you know, chasing uh, bees and they were, you know, were trying to kill them and all this stuff and spray them with raid and different things. And so we found a bee nest that was on the side of the hill. And so we decided to start spraying it. Well, that just stirred up the hornet's nest. They went flying after us and we forgot that the cactuses were in the hill and we went running through that cactus hill and tumbled down and we were completely covered with thorns. It was horrible. My grandma had to give us a, like a tomato bath. I felt like one of those stewed tomatoes, man. I mean, have you, ever, have you ever had that happen to you? You never had a tomato bath? It wasn't very appealing. So, that's the best one I could come up with right there. But, but here, here's the thing. So, I mean, it stunk. We stunk. I had, I think I had thorns in me for like, I don't know, probably a week, man. Think about God, though, who preserves you and protects you. Here's another word, uh, definition for preservation. It, lean, it means to be safe from injury. Oh, how many of you are ready for that? Safe from injury. Safe and kept from harm. Kept from destruction. To protect. To keep alive. Now, think about it. Last week I told you, uh, you know, a Twinkie tastes good, not because of what's in it. Well, yeah, it's the preservatives. And in 100 years from now, that Twinkie will still taste good. That's why I'm all for the preservation diet. M&M's, Twinkies, Hostess, because, you know, the preserves. It'll preserve you too. Amen. No one's saying amen. It's the nasty stuff that they tell you is great, you know, to renew your youth and gives you energy in life. And you look on it, it says no preservatives. Yeah, but it tastes like a piece of cardboard. There's no flavor to it. So preservation is to protect you, keep you from decay. 
Now, why is this important? Because look at uh, uh, Romans 10, 13. How many of you in here have called upon the name of the Lord to be saved? Raise your hand. Come on, raise it up. Those of you that are watching, stretch it towards the camera. There you go. I can see it. Actually, you're blurry still. But anyway, here's the thing. When you got saved, you got what was called the salvation package. Okay? You didn't get separate little gifts, you know, eternal life, forgiveness of sin, healing package, and it all comes at separate times and moments. No, when you got saved, you got this massive package called sozo, salvation, soteria. And what it is is this. Watch this. Look at Romans 10, 13, if they'll put it up for the people that are watching. Whoever, who's a whosoever? Point, point at yourself. That, say, that's me. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be sozoed. In other words, shall receive this huge package of benefits, healing, and it's what it includes. It, it includes uh, eternal life, forgiveness of sins, a mansion. If you're Brenda and I, I put my request in. I, don't, I know we're not supposed to be, you know, it says we're, we can't be married in heaven. Jesus said that there's no marriage in heaven. But I put my request in. I am going to have the only mansion in heaven that the couple lives together. Brenda and I are living together. I already said it. Jesus, Brenda and I are sharing a mansion. Glory to God. Yeah, I am. Okay, you'll be the second one then, but I'm the first. We're going to live together, man. I'm telling you. And Lord, if that doesn't work, here's the deal. I made a deal with God. I said, all right, if that doesn't work, at least can we have a condo? You know, separated by a little hall where our, my lions live? I'm living with Brenda. You watch. I tell you, it's going to happen. It's going to be huge. I mean, absolutely terrific. So anyway, so if you, if you think about this now, this preservation, it's eternal life, forgiveness of sin, a mansion, but it doesn't stop there. It's healing, it's deliverance, it's rescue. This is what that means, saved. It means preservation. Your life is preserved. Your life is protected. Are you listening? Yes. Now, have you ever given a present to somebody or you've received a present and you open the present up and, and you wind up breaking it? Have you ever done that before? You ever, no, nobody's ever done that? I've opened stuff up because I got two in a hurry because they got all these little white little like uh, ties on it and stuff. And so rather than cut it, I just pull it. What do they call those things? Annoyant ties. And so anyway, I've broken things because I was too impatient. But here's the point I'm trying to make. Is it the fault of the manufacturer that there's user error? No. Is there anything wrong with the product? No. We do the same thing. We, we tend to think, okay, you know, well, I know somebody, Pastor Hank, that their life wasn't preserved. I know somebody's life that, boy, they died and they believed in healing, but, boy, they're dead today. So are you going to tell the manufacturer that his package of sozo is dysfunct? It's got a defect? I'm not trying to be incompassion. What's the word? Uncompassionate, incompassionate. You get it. I'm not trying to be non-compassionate or whatever. What I'm trying to say is the problem is not on God's end. He's already provided this sozo package when you call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. And it's determined by you if you're going to receive it and believe it. Amen. You have a right to preservation. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Jesus said it. He said it out of his own mouth. 
He said in Luke 10, 19, he said, Behold or look, pay attention. I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And notice this, not over some. All. All the powers of the devil. Big God, little devil. Say it with me. Big God, little devil. I remember I submitted my first book that I wrote, uh, Don't Leave God Alone. And the editor uh, called me and said, Hank, Everywhere in the book, whether it's Lucifer, the devil, whether it's Satan, you didn't capitalize it. I said, he's not worth it. And so I said, can you just keep it in, in, in lowercase? Because he's, he's little devil. He's little devil. We, we make him out like he's so big and so bad and so powerful. Are you kidding? Against God? So Jesus said, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the devil. Now watch this. And by no means or not by any means shall anything harm or injure you. Do you know that's a word of preservation? By no, nothing. Nothing means nothing. Well, I know some people that that's not true. Well, that's not the, the manufacturer's problem. Are you going to believe? By no means. I mean, in other words, how many remember that famous Bee Gees song? Shane, can you sing it? I can tell by the way I walk, I got no time to talk. I'm a man of God. Shane, listen to this guy. He's a Bee Gees. Now, before he comes, I got to tell you this. So, how many of you grew up in the 80s? Some of you are like, I, I was born in 1990. All right. But the 80s were filled with the disco sounds. How many of you guys, you know... Used to have, okay, man, you had one chest hair, and you opened your shirt up, and you had that golden medallion. That was me in 10th grade. So, but I had, I had my hair look like Moses had come and parted the Red Sea. I had this big old, like, uh, what do you call that thing, uh, Teresa, a part down my hair. Looked like Moses went, be divided, and it's like my hair, and it was down to here. I thought I was one of the Bee Gees, but can you show us the Bee Gees real quick? Well, you can tell by the way I use my weapon, my woman's man. No time to talk. You get love. How far do you want to go? I, I, staying alive, staying alive. Ha, 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 ha. Staying alive. Okay, staying, staying alive. alive. That's the part I want. I had all of that because I want to. No. You could be seated now. Thank you. No. My. Some of you that are under like. 30, you're going, huh? Okay, just look it up. Okay. Now, I'm not promoting secular music. I'm just trying to make a, make a joke. But that was popular back in the days of Vinnie Barbarino, John Travolta. You know, I mean, I remember that, you know, John Travolta. And, and, and it was Staying Alive. And I mean, it might be a nasty song. I'm not trying to promote a nasty song. What I'm trying to say is it was a song of preservation. So let's get holy now. How many remember MC Hammer? There's holy. And MC Hammer, no, I'm not going to do the move, so don't take a picture so that you can put it out on Google. They make fun of us, tell of the evangelists or whatever we call it. So, so here, here's the point. I see you behind, Pastor Chelsea, I see you crouching. Matthew, son, I'm not coming over to watch the Packers tonight. That's your punishment. If you don't, put your phone away. I'm not coming to your house. But here's the point. How many remember MC Hammer? He had that famous song. How many, raise your hand. Make me feel better if you remember MC Hammer. And, and he would stop it, Chelsea. I, I want to do my move without a camera. No, 
Oh, do you feel it, Shirley? Do you feel that? Look at that. Look at that. And he would say these words. You can't touch this. That's the point I was making, not my rhythm or lack thereof. Now my knee hurts. So here's the point. The point is, he had that famous song, that's a word of preservation. Jesus was the one that said it. By no means shall anything harm or injure you. Now look at Genesis chapter 2, because I want to show you this word of preservation. I, I really need to get done, but are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, sure. Keep dancing weird, Pastor. Sure, no problem. But in Genesis 2.15, watch what God says to Adam. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. Watch this. To dress it. Now, as you look at that word dress, that's the Hebrew word for to, uh, to toil, which means work. To till it. So in other words, you're going to have to plant seed. You're going to have to work your ground. You're going to have to work your life. But then the last part of that word dress is the Hebrew word it means to worship. So part of your life needs to be about work, needs to be about planting seed, plowing, come on, not quitting, not looking back, but also worship. Now that word keep, watch this, it means to exercise great care over, to watch over, to guard, to hedge about like with thorns, to restrain, okay? God says a restrain. Now this is before Lucifer showed up, but watch this, that word also means to beware of an enemy. Yeah, because snakes show up in gardens. That's why I don't like gardens. How many like snakes? Anybody like snakes? How many do not like snakes? Raise your hand. I remember years ago, my same grandpa that uh, planted that cactus patch on his, on his uh, side of his hill, used to, I mean, he had a green thumb like nobody I knew, and, and he, he planted this huge garden everywhere he went. And so he planted this huge garden, and he had just come home from work, and he said, Hank, would you do me a favor? I must have been like eight. He said, go out where the carrots are. You can dig up some of these carrots and get rid of some of the weeds for me, and then bring them to Grandma, and she'll make them for supper. I said, oh, no problem. So I went out there, and as I was reaching down by the carrots at Patch and all these other things, I noticed this black thing with a golden stripe on it. Oh, yeah. I immediately went into bold action. I took that shovel, and I started hacking that snake up. And told Grandpa, I went and run in. I said, Grandpa, the biggest snake I've ever seen is in the garden. He went running out there. He goes, I don't have snakes in my garden. I said, no, there is. He went out there and he pulled up the snake. <sighs> there went his garden hose. And so, because <laughs> you know, I mean, what, I mean, why do you make a garden hose, garden hose manufacturers, that look like a snake, black with a line down the middle? I mean, why don't you make them pink? Well, is there pink snakes? Those are worms. Anyway, so the key is, I'm, I'm done up here. We need some help. Now, part two of my message, Pastor Brenda, let's welcome her to the platform. Okay. I want you to see Genesis 17, because you got to understand this preservation. God's saying, all right, the snake is in the garden, and I want to protect you. I want to preserve you, but you got to be aware of the enemy. The enemy is always out to try to attack your life, your harvest, your blessing. Come on, your health, your finances, your marriage, your children. But you have to understand that there is an anointing of preservation, if you believe it, that protects you, hedges you in. That's what those thorns are. You're hedged in. Come on. How many believe that? Genesis 79, God establishes a covenant. 
with Abraham. Notice what he says to him. And God said, verse 9, Genesis 17, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, you and thy seed in their generations. Now notice that word keep. That's the word preservation against it. You shall preserve. In other words, you shall protect. You shall preserve, Abraham, my covenant. And it literally means the same thing. You need to watch over it. You need to beware of the enemy. Don't allow the enemy to challenge you and make it look like the manufacturer, God Almighty, the creator, somehow skipped over you or that part of that package doesn't apply to you. No, you have a right to be healed. You have a right to be delivered. You have a right to be blessed. You have a right to be protected. You have a right to be rescued from harm and from danger. And you have a right to live long upon the earth. Well, Pastor, I know someone that didn't live that long. It's not the manufacturer package's deal. Are you listening? That's why Jesus became the curse. He died at 33 years of age to die prematurely under the curse so that you could live in long life of preservation in the blessing of the covenant. Now look at Genesis 15. So Abraham, he is instructed by God in this covenant that we're talking about to take some bullocks and to cut them in half, to divide their carcasses in half. And how many know that in Genesis 15, when you see him divide the carcasses in half, it's a picture, fast forward, of the Red Sea, come on, cut in half, one on the right side, one on the left, and a Red Sea. What happened in Genesis 15? He cut the carcasses in half, one on the left, one on the right, with a Red Sea of blood that he and God, uh, God walked through, remember, while, uh, while Abraham was asleep. So it, it, it all applies. But here's the point. Notice what happens. And he took all of these pieces, and they could put up for the people at home, and he laid each piece against one another, but the ver birds he didn't divide. Now look at verse 11. And when the fowls came down upon the carcass, in other words, the fowls were trying to challenge, interfere, disrupt, steal the blessings of what those carcasses represented. They represented the cutting of covenant or the covenant. And what did Abraham do, or Abram do? He drove them away. Again, resist the devil, and he will flee. Now, why is that important about the fowls? We're going to come back to Genesis 15, but I want you to look at something. Fowls, according to Jesus in Mark 4, speaks of the enemy. In Mark chapter 4, in verses 5 through 8, I want you to see something that's very interesting. It's... it's uh, Christy, you're a wise guy. I get a text message from Pastor Christy, and look at what she sends me. A pink snake. You shouldn't be texting in church. I'm just teasing. But anyway, Mark 4. I got you back. You're going to send me a snake? I'm going to call you out on television. Okay. Behold, there went a sower to sower. He knows he went to plant some seed. Now watch this. Notice immediately what happens. I love you, Christy. And it came to pass as he sowed or he planted, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Now, Jesus breaks it down. Fast forward and look at what it says in verses 14 through 15. Who, what is the fowls? Because now he's explaining this parable. He says, the sower sows the word. So that's what he was sowing. Look at verse 15. And these are they which came by the side where the word was sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and taketh away the words that was sown in their heart. So who comes? Satan. Remember the fowls. Jesus is explaining the fowls, right, in the previous part before he breaks it down and explains, hey, this is Satan that comes. Go back to Genesis 15. So you could see that the fowls, 
They might be literal birds, but they were demonically, obviously, under the enemy's influence to try to challenge, interrupt, disrupt the covenant blessings. Well, let's break it down. How does that apply today? If you have the spirit of preservation upon your life, then the enemy, the fowls will come and try to steal that from you. And when you get in your car, he'll make you afraid that somehow preservation doesn't preserve you. Even if it's icy. Right? He makes you think that you're not going to live long. He challenges your covenant. No, you need to say, no, I'm going to live long and strong upon the earth in health and healing, wholeness, soundness of mind, blessed memory, amen. He challenges your sozo package of healing because he tries to magnify whatever symptom or manifestation is going on in your body and says, see, see, that doesn't work. See, you're never going to get healed. No, you need to shoo him away. Say, get out of my body. Get out of here, you foul spirit. And notice he's called a foul spirit. Different kind of foul, but he's still foul, right? Either way, it works. So I want you to see that. Now, I want to talk real quick. I'm going to end with this. Uh, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus does something very amazing. And we're going to have you turn to, to Luke chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 28 through 30 in just a moment. And we're going to end with, with, with this. So if they could start coming up to the piano. I want to give plenty of time to greet everyone. And I don't want to get too far ahead because I want to preach part three of this uh, next week where I, I want to break down scriptures. But I want to, I want to talk real quick uh, about something the Lord said to me uh, a couple weeks ago. I was working on my trains. I'm a big train hobbyist. And as I was working on my trains, I was actually planting these little grass, little things, making it look like a prairie or something. I'll show you pictures in a, in a few weeks maybe. And so uh, I was standing there, and I heard the voice of the Lord come to me, and it kind of shocked me because it was very loud. And so I, uh, he said, Hank, I want to speak something to you. And I said, yes, you know, Lord. And I turned around, and I said, whatever you want to say to me. And he said to me, it really shocked me. He said, this nation is not going backwards as many think or are prognosticating or declaring or, you know, uh, discussing. He said, no, what's happening is I'm uprooting what has already been here and what's been here for for years and for decades, and I'm exposing it, I'm pulling it out, and there is a new season and a new era that I am proclaiming over this land. And he said, uh, we are entering, coming into a building and a planting season. But he said, I want you to understand that even you'll see in this November coming, and even as things begin to shift, that there has been an anointing that I have released of preservation. And I said, Lord, what do you mean by preservation? He said, it's my mercy that is protecting this nation. How many know we don't deserve it right now? We don't deserve God's act of preservation or mercy. But if one man, Moses, could stand up in the face of God when he was seeing all kinds of riotous living in the sense that they made a golden calf in Exodus 32 and God heard the noise, he saw what was happening. And it grieved him so much, and it caused him to be righteously angry that he said to Moses, get down, Moses, because the people are, are partying. And, and, and he began to describe. And he said, but Mo, he said, Moses, I want you to get out of my way because I am going to wipe every single one of them off of the planet. And Moses said something. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. If you wipe them out, God, then you need to wipe my name out and blot it out also. Can you imagine what kind of, that's, that's an amazing person. God, they may be guilty, but count me among them. Blot my name out. I mean, we could have had the nation of Moses today. 
But God said, he changed his mind. And he said, no, I'm not going to wipe them out. But because of you standing up and refusing to leave me alone, I'm going to bless the people. And I'm going to what? Watch this. I'm going to preserve their life. I'm going to preserve a nation. Because someone, not the masses, but the uh, minority uh, by way of number, got in the face of God and refused to leave him alone. Abraham, he, his problem was he quit counting. If he would have just said, Lord, would you save Sodom and Gomorrah for one righteous? But Genesis 19 says that he watched God walk away. That was his mistake. Had he said, no, 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 come back here, God. Will you remember and bless them, even though they don't deserve it, for one man, one righteous me? And God would have extended his hand of preservation. What is my point? We are looking for the whole nation to somehow turn and change. And that would be nice. It isn't going to happen. But what God has looked at is... A generation of Moseses, there's a few that are calling out to him that has got his attention, and he's extended his hand of preservation. The problem that we're seeing right now in our nation goes along with what the problem was with Israel. Here God put the pillar of cloud by day and fire by night to what? Preserve them. It protected them from the heat of the day. It protected them from the moon at night. It protected them from the strongest military at that time with Pharaoh and his army. And yet Israel couldn't see it. They refused to see that God was preserving them and was trying to bring them into a new season. As people are looking, you're getting ready to go to the voting booth. It's amazing to me how blinded some Christians are that they can't see the difference of candidates. They can't see difference of parties. They cannot see difference of issues. And yet you have to look at preservation. What is God doing to preserve the nation? What is going to accelerate us and bring us into that? So I say that because this is very important. The spirit of preservation. I said, God, give me a biblical example of the spirit of preservation. He said, Luke chapter 4. How many remember when Jesus went into the temple and he said, look at me, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he has anointed me to preach this gospel. And then he goes on and gives his job description. He closes the book and Luke 4 says, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And the Bible says all eyes were fastened on him. They were mad. They were angry. And Jesus picked a fight. Just like in 1 Kings 18, God picked a fight. And he rubs it in even more and he gives even more analogies. And he comes down to verse 28 and now he's rubbing it in so much that they are now filled with such wrath, such anger, that they literally want to kill Jesus. And they take him out to a hill and they get ready to throw him off. But Jesus, you can't touch this. Staying alive until he laid it down, passes right through him. Why? Because there was an anointing. He just announced it. That was on him that preserved him. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying it's crazy and, and, and how de dis divisive the response will be uh, November 3rd, because of the decisive win, it is going to cause there to be outrage of response. But I'm telling you, and, and they're going to try to delay, but God is preserving this nation. Even though it may seem like the fires will rage, preservation will put it out and will bring this nation back into order. Well, how do you know? I want to share. 2016 as we close. This was October 26, 2016. Obviously, the president has just nominated a new uh, Supreme Court justice uh, 
as a possibility to the court. You might be watching. You don't know what God's agenda is. I'm telling you, God has picked a fight. He knows how to play chess. He's got everything in checkmate. We are going to have a major win, 2021, W-O-N. And I, I'm sharing these, and I want them at home to see because you can see how God is preserving this nation by what he's choosing to do, how he's choosing to act. Listen, you don't appoint, this administration has just appointed 300 conservative judges, minimally. You, 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 you mean to tell me that God doesn't have an agenda to bring about something new, something great? Your Supreme Court will change. This is the prophecy that, that I prophesied back in 2016. This is like eight days before the election. Your Supreme Court will change, for I am the Supreme Judge. And God says, watch, for I'll raise up when there is a vacancy of two, and then which we just had, and then, wait, go back, and then three. So what vacancy are we on right now? It's the third vacancy. Watch what God said would happen, 2016. He said, the Spirit of grace says, there shall be a woman that I will place there at the helm or at the top. And this shall be a compassionate woman, says the Lord. He's talking about the court. And it shall be her compassion for the right for the unborn to live that shall overturn and topple the laws that have aborted the innocent. Why, what does the nation look like filled with glory? Can you see it? Can you see it, says the Lord. Now look at May 22nd of 2019. Spirit of God says, just as things get heated up in your land. How many know things have gotten heated up? In the natural, by way of temperatures it did, but also by way of a lot of issues. There will be a distraction that will come from your Supreme Court. I'll bring, it'll bring great discussion, fear, arguing, bickering, because it's about to fall upon this nation. One who stood for death in the womb. Justice demands your replacement. So God was already speaking it. Therefore, a woman has been chosen to rise up. I mean, that's God's pick. He's already saying ahead of time. Watch this. A woman for a woman. So he's telling you where the vacancy would be. Injustice for what? Justice. This is a what kind of era? A new era that I speak of, says the Spirit of God. Look at um, December 31st, 2018. Again, this is speaking of preservation. God is preserving the life in the womb <laughs> because he's preserving this nation. If, if we don't get this corrected, it's going to bring harsh judgment from God. Somewhere he's going to have to deal with us. I'm greater than your supreme... Or, what does that say? I'm greater than your senate. And I'm greater than your Supreme Court, and I'll shake your court again. And one who represented death, who was part of legalizing death to those who never had a chance to walk the earth. I shall take that which represented death of a ruling of a woman, and I shall give back to your courts a woman who shall represent justice. And as this takes place, get ready, because this is the new era that I'm speaking. There should be a reversal of the laws upon the land that has aborted the children in the womb, and it's coming fast. Here's the thing, folks. I want you to stand to your feet. They're going to bicker and they're going to fight. They're going to try everything they can to come at her to, to, to say everything. And, and here's the thing. God said ahead of time that he was going to pick a woman. He said ahead of time he was going to bring a compassionate woman. In fact, there's some prophecies we're trying to, we're going to find it where I prophesied that there would be a mother that would arise to the courts and she would be compassionate. How many remember that prophecy, honestly? And uh, so, so, you know, they're calling her a mother. They're calling her a compassionate woman. I believe this, don't get caught up in the political blah, 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 blah. What you need to do is pray because she, she represents a strike of God's hand 
that's going to bring righteousness and justice but release preservation in a whole, whole bigger way upon this planet, upon this nation. Are you here? Father, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice. And I am asking God for your blessing, for your anointing of preservation to rest upon them, upon their marriages, upon their children, upon their lives, upon their health, their finances, their vehicles, Lord, their place of employment. I'm asking for the spirit of preservation, protection. Father, I'm asking you even to cause the anointing of preservation to increase over this nation that no matter what the enemy tries it will not prevail Lord even over this justice we're asking that you would preserve protect let honor integrity stand in the land and I'm asking you God to continue your agenda preserve your agenda and continually Lord raise up a people your people who will pray and humble themselves Seek your face and turn from their wicked ways. I'm not asking you to heal this land because you are healing this land. I'm thanking you for the process that is taking place at this time. With every head bowed and every eye closed, please, if you're watching very quickly and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and to forgive your sins, I want you, if you're in this room or if you're watching, to say with me, say, Heavenly Father, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be sozoed. Lord, I receive that sozo package of preservation, salvation, forgiveness of sin, eternal life, rescue, health, wholeness, long life, protection. In Jesus' name, amen.